Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And we missed you all here the past couple of days because we were preempted by sports. What was the sports thing that was on yesterday? We had a Seattle Storm game. Seattle Storm. Yeah. Is that like a championship game or just, you know, no, like a, a reg- regular season? They did, uh, they're uh, on the road, so they had a different time uh, frame setting up. So they were live here in Seattle at 930. And, wh- and who did they did, did they play? Uh, they did. And the outcome, uh, San Antonio. She, she uh, said San Antonio. Oh, you've, uh, are, you, are you like rooting for San Antonio, our uh, little Texas? For the other, oh, uh, true that, true that, true that. Ms. Texas. 2010. I, I, got it. I, I knew where you're going right with there. that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Okay. San Antonio is not Texas. Is that where you're shaking? Oh, yeah, it is. Okay. So, <laughs> did we know who won? We did. Seattle. Oh, Seattle Storm. They 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 don't really lose, do they? The storm doesn't. They've been lose. doing pretty good. I think they're pretty. Their season is uh, really well. They're do number have, one in the league. So. Do you have box office seats? Uh no. No. Okay. We don't. You don't go. Wow. Sports. I'm usually in bed by then, so I'm kind of off the hook on that one. I saw an interview with Susan Sarandon, mm-hmm. and do you know she is like, guess what? Guess what she is building and pushing. Susan Sarandon, my girl. What do you think? What sport? Now, let me give you a clue. It's one of the sports I used to play. Oh, so ping pong. She has got these huge. Ping pong clubs. She's really? running all over the country, Benny. You should, you should start uh, joining up with the league or something. Uh, all over the country. She is a huge ping pong fanatic. That's awesome. Uh, can you believe it? No, Susan I can't Sarandon? believe it. That's what I'm saying. And I forget exactly what she calls it. But I, where did I see that? Where did I see her? Oh, I saw her on late night TV. That's when I get that'd to watch good, TV. That'd be a good spot. I, I turn it, that's when I get to watch TV, like 11 o'clock at night for like a half hour, and then I'm like <laughs> snoozing out of the picture. I'm two hours ahead of you. You're two hours. Well, you get in here like six hours ahead of me. Yeah. You, I mean, you're up at like three or something to get four. in here. Yeah. You're four. Yeah. But you like then have to be here by f- before five. Mm-hmm. Right? Just, just to get things five. cranked up. You got it. Wow, we got a great lineup for everybody today. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And we have got uh, two fabulous, fabulous folks joining us here today. We've got uh, Kristen Swenson joining us. We're going to be talking about her book, Bible Babble, Making Sense of the Most Talked About Book of All Time. Kristen's going to join us in a minute. And then later on, we've got Dr. Patricia Webster joining us. Last time uh, she was here, we were talking about winning at love, the alpha male's guide to relationship success. So we're going to be talking about the alpha female today. Is your little sweetie listening? Yeah. Is she going to be listening I think she is. to the show? She might not be in a meeting today. Okay. So, so we'll have to get her in the show. Uh, just to, We'll have to call her. Just to have a call. 
Love to call in. I'll see if she Talk can do about, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, alpha male, alpha female. But we got a great show for you today, and uh, not too much to report. Valerie went to the movies and was completely disappointed. I went to the movies. And I think was she's still bummed and losing out on the fifteen dollars for paying yeah, for she it. Is. I, I don't understand why did it cost fifteen dollars? What? 3D costs more. Yeah. What you pay for the glasses? Apparently. Yeah. She didn't okay. even keep those. She saw Airbender. I know. Yeah. I I didn't want to see it, but I thought you know. I have to see it now because so many people uh, have seen it that said they weren't going to see well, it. Well, it's by the dude M Night Shyamalan Lingding or whatever his name is. Yeah, I mean, he's good. You know. I usually like. Well, that's his what stuff. I thought too, and that's I think what Valerie thought. You know, at the same time, like you know, he's a decent you know director. He's got some you know decent. But I, movies you know under what's really belt, weird? But... I even like the one the movies that got the the weird fil- the, the weird reviews. I, lo- I loved his movie, what was it, Lady of the Lake, that nobody went to see. Yeah, I Valerie's went to like, see yeah, it. Puts her hand I went to see it. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. I love the village one. She said no. Oh, my God. Oh, she's man, screaming. she's freaking out in there. I know. <laughs> she's like yelling. She's yelling. I can at- hear her. Put, put on the mic. Can you talk on the mic? Yeah, there she you- goes. She's like, is that what I have to do? I, I like his films, even the films that don't make it. So it's kind of interesting because, I mean, don't you feel like we need just a little bit of of fantasy? Don't you think we need a little bit of fantasy? You know what I'm trying to say? I think so. I, that's what I'm thinking. We need a little bit of fantasy. Tell us what you think, Val. Well, I... Did you see the one I'm talking about? Yes. La- Lady of the Lake thing or whatever Lady that was. Lady of the Lake was ridiculous. I was very spiritual Then I went and saw the village movie. and I very spiritual called movie. it in the middle of the movie. And then I decided <laughs> to go see Marky Mark in The Happening... And I that movie almost walked out of because it was ridiculous. Oh, he was so bad. So in there. one more time for Ilm Knight, I went and saw The Last Airbender and never again. I'm done with him. No more movies. Done. But do you know that even so with all of us not going to see it, it she, still grossed a a, you know, almost eight million. It's over 115 million gross at the box office. Go see Eclipse, people, not that movie. She, she okay. Well, down you twice. know, honestly, Eclipse is uh, fading from the. Uh, Eclipse only did thirteen million. She's really upset. Look yeah. at her. So I'm disappointed. So ask me what the movie to see is, without a doubt. Ask me. Okay. okay. What is it? It is if you really want to you know how like I am so into the surreal and really into sort of this, you know, the metaphysics. Inception. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Pulled in sixty mil, I think, for the first Oh, it is one of the best I mean you gotta put up with the violence. But it's one of it's the It's Leo. I know it's Leo, but there's a lot of shooting in it or something. You know, bang, 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 big shooting. It's not real, Pat. You know that. Well, in the yeah, actually, in the in the film, it's actually not real. real. (laughs) Yeah, it's not like Nightmare on Elm Street. (laughs) That is totally real. They're doing dreams. That's not real. That stuff is scary. It is scary. That stuff is scary. It's crazy. I'm not watching that stuff. It's crazy. That and I'm not watching spiders. You don't watch Spider Man. Can't stand. So you can't watch Spider Man. I. So you don't good, watch Pat. the Spider Man like movie? I like that. I like that. You don't that. like Spidey? <laughs> you don't like the Spidey? She's making fun of you. We have to get the Spider Man theme. I like Spider Man. Don't okay. you think he doesn't like? It's Sp- still creepy. You watch Spider Man. He won't watch. That's I'm asking good. you. Would you not? Do you don't watch the Spider Man? No, movie? I'll watch Spider Man, but I won't oh, watch okay. like Arachnophobia and those types of movies. Oh, okay. oh that's great. Okay. Arachnophobia, dude. Yes. I'm sorry. That's a daytime movie, and even if I'm Pat, standing. Do you like scary movies? I do. I grew up watching yeah. scary movies. I'm going to date myself if I tell you how how the scary movies I like. Okay, so we're. So like, I, 
like the blob and fog in those types of movies? Oh, like, I have to, before the blob, you know, I, Godzilla, you know, Godzilla with the, you know, like the thing and the giant behemoth and the crawling eye is one of my all time. The crawling eye, that was a movie? Oh my gosh, you should rent it at Scarecrow. At oh, okay. the Scarecrow Yeah, place. they have a lot of great films that you very, can't get anywhere else. Very, very good. Black and white, of course. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Like, and I'm really I'm really bummed that nobody wants to make a remake of The Crawling Eye. Well, there's a reason, I'm sure. Do you think there is? <laughs> Maybe they could do it in 3D. <laughs> do you think they could do it it's in 3D? It's coming for me! It's crawling at me! I don't know what to do! I can't get away! Um, And, and then, of course, there is... Uh, okay, so you, okay, so you're, like, not a spidey. You can't do just that. Just spiders in general. I'm just not a fan. I'd rather see them... First first before they but, see me. Do you know what? I've had like a whole house full of them. Yes, like, me soon. too. No, thank so you. I carry them out. Do you know how to carry yeah. out a spider? I don't do you, it. You put a little cup over it and then you take like a little piece of cardboard oh, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. prosperity cards and then you put it under there. And it so, has to be a prosperity card. Well, better be something you believe. In. I've taken so many spiders out some- of my house. I've exported uh, like right. probably 20 But you of have to pay attention when you do this. They return. You ha- well, well, so what? Whatever. I mean, With you know. babies. Okay, no. so I had the big giant one. It was about uh, an inch and a half. Yeah. That, yeah. And they, I think some of them like jump. But here's the deal. Great. I got, <laughs> they jump. Fantastic. I got the Thank one you. out of my bathroom, right? And I put it in the little cup and, you know, you're walking out. And, yeah. and usually I use a glass so I could see it. But I put a little cup on it, uh, like a, a plastic cup. And then I put the paper and I'm walking out and then I go to open the door to get out. And here's this little spider now crawling on the paper. It's like, oh, I got out of the cup. Yeah. You know, not very good. And he's like crawling out. So I'm like holding the paper so it can like crawl around it so I could get it outside. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's happened to me. too. Isn't that interesting? Uh Because all of a sudden now they want your hands. Yeah. Yeah. We go from the paper to Spidey one in our hands. I don't mind the spiders. Their spider is great totem medicine. Yeah. Let's pull our prosperity card and then I'll tell you about that. Oh, maybe, you guys are hurting. I know. Maybe my guest today, if she hasn't hung up already, maybe I'm standing. I don't even want to sit still right now. Okay, so uh, you're not you're not recommending the Airbender, but no one recommended it, and yet people are seeing it. Well, so it's there's something very about it. They're very what? Prejudice. Really? Yes. Okay. It's ridiculous. You don't have a movie with a group of white people with blonde hair and blue eyes being the good people, and then a group of people that have brown skin from the Middle East being the bad people. Oh, that's like the 1940s John Wayne's mo- movies. Yeah. Oh, well, don't even get me started. I can talk about the John Wayne movies all day. Oh, boy. So but yeah, it's nervous. ridiculous. It's 2010. I don't know what the point of that was. Uh, did anybody ask him? And, and all night? the Asian people Shambhala? are in the jail. Uh-huh. Wow. I would like to ask M. Night Shyamalan and on mm-hmm. what his Na-na-na-na. feelings are about that, because mm-hmm. that was ridiculous. And there are no black people. Should in we the have movie. actually a moment of silence for Lindsay Lohan? No. No. I really, I'm sad. No. Do it on your own I'm time. I'm very sad. No, no. Oh, I, I, oh I'm my not, No, Pat. I'm Come sorry. on, Pat. Why are you feeling for her? I just feel <sighs> so sad no. that she is not getting the kind of help she needs. I just feel sad about that. I, I really do. And uh, it's unfortunate, you know, that's what's going on. But, um, you there's know, so many people that go to jail, though, that have real problems and they don't facilitate them. They don't help them when they go to jail. They just I'm not saying up. that she should get help. I'm saying I feel sad. I, I'm not she saying she help. shouldn't go to jail. Trust me on that. No, I know, but she also right. needs a, th- a therapy. <laughs> you know, she, I yeah. trust me. Yeah. You know, she doesn't even have anyone to talk to. I went to jail for offering to engage in an argument with an officer. Oh, you not did? even arguing. 
offering to engage Ooh, in an argument. I want to hear that story. I want to hear that story. Okay, no, we can't. We've got, no, we have much more important things. We'll do it at the top of the next hour. Okay. Because we're going to be talking about alpha females. <laughs> Stay tuned. We'll be right back when we come back. We have got an incredible show to you for you today. I'm so eager to be talking with Kristen about her book, Bible Babble, Making Sense of the Most Talked About Book of All Time, a book that I have read numerous times. We'll be right back. Did you know that children should not carry more than 10 to 15% of their body weight in backpacks? This is Dr. Bonnie Verhunts to share some information about backpack safety. The longer a child wears a heavy backpack incorrectly, the longer it takes for a curvature or deformity of the spine to correct itself. That's why it's important that children who are carrying heavy backpacks throughout the year are under regular chiropractic care. They will be better able to deal with the physical stressors being put on their small bodies, and they will be able to enjoy the healthy benefits of a properly functioning nervous system. For more information on backpack safety and how to keep your child healthy throughout the school year, visit vitalitychiropractic.com or call 206-824-5521. And be sure to listen to me, Dr. Bonnie Verhunts, on the Dr. Pat Show the second Tuesday at 10 o'clock of every month. Unsure if your diet is getting the essential vitamins and minerals needed to function optimally? Eat the rainbow. Every color provides your body with different nutrients and phytochemicals, chemicals found in plants. A poor diet lacking the recommended nutrients combined with a sedentary lifestyle can lead to developing risk factors for chronic diseases like obesity, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, and cancer. Each day, try to eat at least five different colors of fruits and vegetables. For example, dark green leafy vegetables, kale, collard greens, and deep orange-colored fruits and vegetables, apricots, sweet potatoes, carrots, are excellent sources of vitamin A. Fruits and vegetables contain fiber, which can encourage weight loss goals by helping to control hunger. This tip has been brought to you by Danica Ofelt, RDCD, specializing in weight loss and disease prevention using a non-diet approach at Access Wellness Center, Real Healing Naturally. Call today. 425-251-6625 to book your customized nutrition counseling appointment. Ladies, are you living an inspired life? Do you yearn for a more passionate, dream-filled life? Here's Linda Joy, founder of Aspire Magazine, and she has a gift for you. Aspire has launched its Mission to Inspire initiative with a commitment to give away 100,000 one-year digital subscriptions to women around the globe. Every subscription comes with a multitude of free gifts from our team inspiration partners. To claim it all, go to AspireMag.net today. No purchase necessary and live an inspired life. Optimize your breast cancer screening without any radiation or pain. Effective, sensitive, and widely used thermal imaging in Europe is now available to you here in the U.S. Using state-of-the-art FDA-approved camera, Eastside's first and only breast thermography clinic is now open in Bellevue. Safe, sensitive, low cost, no referrals needed. Contact Holistic Medical Center at 425-451-0404 or on the web, drdarvish.com. For Benny 
for his birthday. Uh, Valerie will take over for the show that Don't day. Don't you think? There's we should no bring way. him a little Spidey. Ugh. We'll bring him in. I'm sorry, but you know what? I would never do that. <laughs> I, you know why I would never do that? Because I so appreciate that kind of level of fear that people have. I have, you know, my own level around certain things, but being afraid of spiders or other things like that, I had a phobia around bees. And, uh, and, and I, and honestly, I think it was a biblical connection. And I'm going to be talking with Kristen about it today. But I made my peace with bees in a very strange spiritual way. Um, and, and it didn't help that when I was like a very youngster, like maybe like six years old, I stepped in a yellow jacket's nest. Oh. And I've been stepping in metaphorically yellow jacket nests for years, actually. <laughs> that's a great uh, way of putting it. I mean, that's what's happening. Joining me today, Kristen Swenson. And we I've been so looking forward to, to having a conversation with her. This show has been scheduled for a really long time. Um, the, bu- the book that uh, she has written is called uh, Bible uh, Babble. And we're going to talk about what that means. She's joining us here today. Uh, to go over what some of the misconceptions are, what some of the truths are, and what is it that many people are questioning these days. Uh, Kristen is a professor of religious studies at Virginia, Virginia Commonwealth University School of World Studies. Uh, she has a Ph.D. in history and literature of ancient Israel uh, from Boston University. I went to Boston U for like a month. Uh, and then for over 15 years, she has been sharing her passion for learning about the Bible. We're going to talk about that and, and what this means. She is also the author of Living Through Pain, uh, Psalms and the Search for Wholeness. And um, she lives in Richmond, Virginia, which most of my relatives live in Richmond, Virginia. I think she still lives there. Uh, Thank you so much, Dr. Swenson, for joining us here today. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Dr. Pat. It's great to be on your show. I have to ask you, what part of your life put you on the path to, to have this become a passion for you? Well, I was raised in a very garden variety Christian family. I was raised Lutheran in northern Minnesota, which uh-huh. sort of comes with the territory of being in northern Minnesota. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and so I grew up Like hearing, Catholic comes with New Jersey. There you go. Yeah. There you go. So I grew up hearing these biblical texts, and um, so they were a part of my kind of common language, if you will. But I didn't think very deeply about them, about them until I went to college, when I actually took a course that dealt with the kind of history and literature of the Bible itself. And I learned in that course an intriguing wordplay between the human being and the earth out of which the human is created in Genesis. Mm. In Hebrew, the human being is called Adam, and the ground out of which the human is created is called Adamah. And you can hear, even if you don't know Hebrew, you can hear the relationship between those two words, yes. Adam and Adama. Yes. Well, I've always been a bit on the green side, if you will. And uh-huh. this, um, this struck every ecological sensibility I had. I thought, wow, the Bible shows this intimate connection between human beings and the earth itself. And that has profound implications for the ways that we think about how we are in the world if someone takes these biblical texts seriously. So I wanted to learn more at first about just the language itself. Was there more in the original language that I was missing? More of this kind of wordplay that lent itself to different interpretations. And so I just kind of kept kept learning. <laughs> and it's been and I am still learning, boy, I do not have all the answers, but it is 
a fascinating text in so many ways. Don't you think? I mean, I was fascinated with this when I was very young. I was, um, my mom was very sick, and when I was seven years old, my dad decided, well, I can't care for you. The relatives are not caring for you much anymore, and I'm going to put you in Catholic boarding school. Mm-hmm. And I was put in Catholic boarding school at, at a very young age, and I don't think, you know, seven is really young to put somebody in a Catholic boarding school that doesn't really have mm-hmm. a sense of this. Yeah. But what it did for me, um, and, and honestly, um, before my seventh birthday, I was actually thrown out of Catholic boarding school. <laughs> so just, you know, oh, there's that hornet's nest. There again. you go. But mm-hmm. but I was thrown out for very good reason, according to uh, you know the church. First of all, I I questioned everything. That was number mm-hmm. one, and I guess you're a little bit like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would you say that in this book here I'm looking at, you're like a bit about like that? Uh, but the other thing is, I also built a, a phenomenal relationship with Jesus in my own way. Mm-hmm. And I, I could never see Jesus in the way that Mother Superior or Sister Michael Anthony saw mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I would give my opinion at seven years old about what Jesus told me. And yeah. so we would study parts of the Bible, and I forget exactly now what some of them were, but I would stand up and say something like, you know, that's not the way that happened. Mm-hmm. And I think you're doing a bit of that. <laughs> would yeah. you say? Yeah, yeah. I do want to give people the tools with this book. I want to give people the tools to make sense of those biblical references for themselves, to know a little bit more than one can get even simply by reading the Bible straight through. I, I meet loads of folks who, who tell me rather sheepishly when they learn what I do, that they've been meaning to read the Bible straight through. They know it's highly influential, incredibly powerful book in our culture, and so they feel like they should know it. And so the way they think about knowing it is by reading it straight through, from you know, Genesis through Revelation, if you will. And I, um, I think that's a really hard way to get a handle on the text. It's it's one way, but there are so many things about it that um, help a person to make derive their own interpretation out of the text, or at least evaluate um, some of the ways other people are using those texts to know something of the historical context out of which those texts come. That it's an anthology, just that alone is, is sometimes quite surprising to people. It's yeah. not a single voice that we read through the biblical text, but instead is a collection of books. And so anyway, there are all sorts of things about the Bible that it helps to know in order to make sense for yourself. I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a question. For those of you just tuning in, uh, this is, uh, I've been so waiting for Kristen Swenson to join us here today. Her book is called uh, uh, Bible Babble, and this is making sense of the most talked about book of all time. And I love the way this book is written, so let me just start there. What it does, though, for so many people is it helps to explain or answer some questions that people, and I'm going to use the word intuitively have. I'm going to use the word intuitively have, because I think there's a lot of that going on. But I want to also ask you about uh, the, 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 the latest sort of information, the Dead Sea Scrolls, the Gospel According to Thomas, and how these things factor in, and if you actually took that direction to talk about those as well. Mm-hmm. I do. I talk about them a little bit in the context of, of you know, what they help us mm. know about the biblical text. Oh, and okay. those Dead Sea Scrolls have been groundbreaking. They have been enormously helpful to our way of thinking about, especially the development of the Bible. But it didn't, of course, all come out of 
heavens at one moment in time in exactly the form that mm-hmm. we read it, especially in English. But it grew up over a long period of time. But we've, And we've known that for a long time. Mm-hmm. Scholars have appreciated that that's the way the Bible developed. But some of the details of that development are have been um, lost to us or we are not entirely clear about. And still, there are lots of things we're working out. But the Dead Sea Scrolls helped us understand a little bit better that process of development. Some of the ways also that people were thinking religiously in the times that were um, so crucial for the Bible's development. And that's true also of the, those um, other Gospels, like the Gospel of Thomas that you mentioned. It helps us to get a sense of the different ways that people, that in particular, the different ways that people were thinking about Jesus at a time when, if we only had the biblical text, we would think it was much more um, that there was much more of a standardized way of thinking about Jesus. But we learned that there wasn't. There were lots of different ideas about Jesus, who he was, and what the implications of his life and death were. And so those, um, what we call extra-biblical texts, those texts that are not a part of the Bible, but mm-hmm. that reflect some of the same um, times and the thinking of people in the same times and places, help us to understand those biblical texts a little bit better. So I do note them um, briefly in Bible Babble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to ask you so many. There are so many questions I do want to ask <laughs> you, and I'm just trying to think to, right now where I want to start. I think w- what's a really good start it would be uh, also to to share with our listeners h- how this project unfolded for you, because, you know, we're talking about the fact that, wow, the Bible wasn't written like we thought. Somebody didn't sit down for 30 days and sit and write out <laughs> the Bible. It was written by different folks at different points in time. And I wanted to to have you address that sort of the coming together of the different Gospels, and actually who made the decisions to put what where. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of lots of parts. Um, the, the book itself is the product of um, my thinking over these years and the fact that I feel I've had the privilege of learning about the Bible mm-hmm. um, in some depth. Wow. And so I want to be able to share that with other people because people are curious about it. Oh, yes. It's very hard to find um, it's very hard to find information about it that isn't slanted um, religiously for one thing, one way or another. That is mm-hmm. written by someone who's trying to convert you to a certain way of thinking or written by people who are very dismissive of faith or yeah. the Bible and say, oh, it's all silly fairy tales. Exactly. I, so it's like we have these polar opposites happening. You know, Kristen, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk with uh, my very special guest today, Kristen Swenson. Joining us here, we actually have copies of the book to give away. Bible Babble, Making Sense of the Most Talked About Book of All Times. Uh, when we come back, we'll be continuing this conversation about, you, you know, how the Gospels, how the Bible actually came to be. But more Importantly, what is the contemporary meaning of it? What seems to be our latest draw to the Bible, to certain aspects of it, and what are people really expecting? Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. Are you ready for a joyful and successful realty experience? Today's real estate market is challenging, complex, and constantly changing, and is one of the best times in years to buy or sell a home. But you'll need to find the right person to help you on your journey, one who understands the opportunities and will make this the best experience of your life. Kathy Staup is just that person, an experienced real estate agent who knows the pitfalls, can spot the red flags, and guide you to a successful, positive purchase or sale. Kathy Staup can 
spot the real deals, saving you time chasing a listing only to find it's not available. Known as the positive real estate agent, Kathy will make your next sale or purchase easy, fun, and successful. Start this journey with positive energy. Call Kathy at 206-276-1070. That's 206-276-1070. Or visit PositivePathHome.com. PositivePathHome.com for the most positive realty experience of your life. Have you ever wanted more for yourself or your family? Are you prepared to take your life to the next level? Have you ever had that feeling or heard that little voice telling you that you can be so much more? Let Empowerment Psychic Linda Dickinson help you to embrace your own power. Visit Linda at InMyFuture.com or call 800-206-9096 for your private session and start living your life to the max. Be sure to listen to Linda Dickinson on The Dr. Pat Show and call in to connect with your guides. For pet parents who value quality natural nutrition, Wellness Natural Food for Dogs and Cats offers an ideal nutritional balance of carefully chosen, authentic ingredients in every recipe they make. True wellness means every ingredient has a purpose, never any empty calories. You can trust the quality of all the ingredients in wellness, from their source to your pet's bowl. To learn more about the difference wellness pet foods can make, and to locate a pet specialty retailer near you, go to wellnesspetfood.com. Now is the perfect time to learn Tai Chi and Qi Gong. These ancient Chinese healing arts, also called mind-body practice, are simple to learn, clinically proven to be effective, and can be practiced by anyone, anywhere, at any time. For 10 years, the Institute of Integral Qi Gong and Tai Chi has been a respected leader in mind-body practice training. Visit iiqtc.org. Empower yourself, empower others. Visit iiqtc.org for more information on mind body practice. iiqtc.org. Unlock your divine power and become the true master of your life with visionary clairvoyant Terry O'Connor every Monday at 10 a.m. on The Dr. Pat Show. Using her extraordinary connection with spirit, Terry can energetically view your true inner blueprint and guide you to your soul's highest purpose. Explore your personal connection to your authentic self and let your spirit soar as it was truly meant to. That's The Carrie O'Connor Show, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern on The Dr. Pat Show. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Hey, we've got two copies of uh, Kristen's book to give away, Bible Babble, and we'd love to open up those phone lines and do it now. Uh, Bible Babble, Making Sense of the Most Talked About Book of All Time with my very special guest today, Kristen Swenson. Uh, we have a toll-free number that you can use, 1-800-930-2819. That's 1-800-930-2819. Give us a call. Valerie's ready to take your call. Uh, Kristen, there's so many questions that I have uh, about wh- the book that you've written and and also about what you've discovered. And I think I want to go to what you discovered that is included in the book and, f- and kind of follow up with what we were talking about. Um, and, and one of the things that I wanted to ask you about, and there are a couple of, of different things, you know, I think that a lot of people believe that the Bible is this book that was written and we get to follow Jesus on his journey and Jesus on his teachings. And yet at the same time, uh, some folks believe that the folks that, quote, wrote the Bible 
we're not really there for any of that. And so I want to talk to you about what you discovered and what was the most, in your mind, controversial discovery that you made, meaning Mm -hmm. it was like, oh, really? (laughs) Did that happen? (laughs) I bet you had a million of those. Yeah, I am still learning. There's no question mm-hmm. about that. And so every time I do this kind of work, I discover new things, just mm-hmm. as you noted. Um, one of the things that I think is often surprising for folks, especially Christians who are learning about the Bible, is that the, the, the greatest mass, the greatest volume of biblical text is actually shared with Jews. It's the Christian Old Testament which we sometimes call a Hebrew Bible because it was originally written in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. And that is the Jewish Bible. That is, um, they are the same books, that is, as the Jews have for their Bible and ordered in a little different manner. But um, the New Testament, then, the books that are characteristic specifically of the Christian Bible, are reflective of their Jewish ancestry. That Old Testament or Hebrew Bible represents texts that were written before those of the New Testament. And the people who were the followers of Jesus, Jesus himself, um, most of those followers were Jewish. And so their Bible was the Old Testament or the Hebrew Bible. And Jesus knew that Bible really well. You'll remember him reciting texts from the Old Testament or Hebrew Bible in the course of his ministry. And one of the things that was so startling to me that I had known intellectually but I'd never really thought much about as I was working on this book is the importance of the Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible. Yes. We call it the Septuagint mm. because it's just an easy way of describing the, um, the what are actually several different varieties of Greek translation, but I'm not going to get into all those details. At any rate, the Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible is what Jesus and his followers were very likely reading. So they're already working with a Bible in translation. Of course, every translation is interpretation of some sort. And so they're working with a text that has already been translated into another language. And that was really intriguing to me. It has implications for the ways that those New Testament texts develop. But that alone was fascinating. There are these different names for God, and the way those are represented in the Greek text is um, that, well, there are, there's less variation in the Greek text, and some of that is reflected in those New Testament texts. At any rate, that was one of the things that was really, really interesting to me. I, I talk a little bit about it in Bible Babble, enough for folks to get a handle on what that means. Um, but, of course, in the book, I also want folks just to get a handle on who's who and what's what and where's where. So we spend some time talking about famous characters and famous texts. Do you have a favorite? Oh, you know. Okay, I'll put you on the spot. I have to put you on the spot. (laughs) Because there are. Strike me down. Yeah, there are characters. Yeah, it would have to be God, you know. (laughs) A God um, who is a very rich character in the Bible, especially if what we mean by the Bible includes those Christian texts. Yes. We get into, you know, these questions about Jesus and Jesus' divinity and what exactly that means for this profile of the divine. There are all these different names for God, and God acts in different ways, and God speaks in different ways throughout these biblical texts. So, a fascinating. 
fascinating character. Well, and, and, and fascinating character in so many ways. And I think that, you know, people that that spend time with the Bible spend time for a multitude of reasons. Some mm-hmm. people live and breathe by the scriptures and what they mean sure. and supposedly what we think they mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, what part of your book says making sense. Uh, of the most talked about book of all time. And so the question that becomes, you know, when we think about making making sense of this, uh, how do we do that objectively? Yeah, because that's what you really had to deal with in yeah. writing this book. I mean, th- yeah. th- this this had to be a book that had to have some objective uh, basis for yeah. what you put in here. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. It's um I had a conversation with the father-in-law of a cousin of mine mm-hmm. who said to me, he was really passionate about you know this, this book. It was right before it was published. He said, how could you possibly be objective? Yeah. Everyone's interpretation is different and yours is your own. And how could you possibly write a book like that? Right. And I said to him, what is the first book in the Bible? And he said, Genesis. Mm-hmm. And I said, now there's no debate about that. That's not interpretation. It's just information. Right. And so what I try, what I'm trying to do with this book is share just information so that people, even I have a chapter on controversial issues like homosexuality and abortion, in that chapter, I'm not trying to lay out my position, my feelings and thoughts on those issues, but instead to show how people, how people can use those texts in different ways to argue different sides sometimes of the same issue simply to show what those texts are and how people use them. So I hope that that's an objective treatment of what can be treated objectively. And then people have the tools to make interpretations of those texts or to understand the ways other people are using them in a much more informed manner. It's really interesting, and I want to talk about this. There are a couple of really you know, really key issues that I want to talk with you about, and I'm not going to go right to the controversial issues. I, I want to talk about a, a couple of the issues that, um, and they're not even issues. Let's just call them points of view. A couple of uh, points of view that people have taken out of the Bible to talk about prosperity and money. And the reason I want to talk about this is because (laughs) there is an entire, uh, um, Wow, I don't really want to refer to them as new thought because they're they're not. But there is an entire church that believes in the abundance and prosperity, uh, and they believe in Christ. And Mm -hmm. so we see a lot of this. And then Mm -hmm. also, if you go on the non-denomination Christian part of this, and I'm Mm -hmm. specifically talking about Joel Osteen, you will hear Joel talk about everything out of his mouth is about positive and manifestation and what you make of your life. Yeah, so yeah. there are there are a, on a continuum on this one issue of prosperity and abundance. Mm-hmm. There are so many different points of view, and especially right. around the Bible. That's right. That's right. There are some people who see texts that um, refer to all good things coming to those who believe in God. All things coming to those who wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That um, then leads some folks to think that God is desires for them to have lots of money. Mm-hmm. There are texts that suggest that God does want people to have lots of money. But there are also um, there are also texts that charge people to give up their money. Interesting. Yeah. So there are explicit texts on both sides of that issue. One of the questions is the context, then, out of which those texts come. In what circumstances did those texts arise? Tell, tell 
tell do us. They, do they have similarities with our own? Um, some of the circumstances were circumstances of oppression and alienation mm-hmm. when the biblical writer's audience needed needed hope. They needed to have some sense that God would redeem them, that God would make things right for them because they understood themselves to be deserving of that. And without that message, perhaps they would have lost all faith. That's a different context than those of us who have plenty but may always be wanting more. To us, I think, some of those texts that challenge us to have less, to say, I have enough and share our wealth with others, to invite and include others into a world of prosperity, of enough. I love that word, Mm -hmm. by the way. (laughs) Instead of too much and too little. There are many, many people who of course, are suffering for want of the most basic things. And Jesus challenged, as you'll remember, the rich man to give up all he had and to follow Jesus. So we have very strong arguments on both sides of that issue that one could make based on the biblical text. For some people, they, they arrive at their interpretation by seeking out and applying general precepts, such as loving God and caring for others to specific issues. So They may read those texts, those prosperity texts, for instance, and say, yes, God wants a full life for me and for all. And others read specific texts and apply them literally or take them exactly at face value and sometimes quite out of context and say that's the truth. So it's easy then to imagine how people could arrive at quite different interpretations simply by using a different method of interpretation. Some thinking kind of generally about what they gather to be God's wishes and desires for um, for us, and others by looking at specific texts and taking those and applying them immediately. Mm. Wow. The problem with the... the pro- yeah, well, there are problems and advantages to both, both systems, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. And when we come back, I, I want to talk with you, Kristen, about this idea of good and bad. And bad shows up as Satan, of course. And mm-hmm. you address this yeah. in your book. Uh, we yeah. actually have another copy of the book to give away. 1-800-930-2819 is our toll-free number. Uh, very special guest, Kristen Swenson, joining us here today. The book is uh, Bible Babble. When we come back, I want to make sure you have her website and how to find out more. But we do have a copy. Uh, I believe we have one more, right? one more to give away 1-800-930-2819 when we come back we're going to be talking about the s man satan stay tuned we'll be right back with the dr pacho are you feeling stuck do you want to be free from fears and doubts and finally feel good about yourself but you just don't know how to get there Dr. Schaub's Accelerated Breakthrough Program provides you with the tools and solutions to go beyond your limitations and achieve self-empowered confidence. Call for your free phone consultation at 866-903-MIND. Visit CellularWisdom.com. That's CellularWisdom.com. Are you concerned about a specific health issue? Do you want to know what causes it? Are you ready to tap into the inner wisdom of your body and listen to what it is telling you? It's a scientific fact that your health condition, present circumstance, 
and excess weight are not the result of your diet, exercise regime, or genetic makeup. Your thoughts, feelings, and emotions all directly and specifically influence all your body functions, including heart rate, digestion, and organs. Anger is stored in the liver, resentment is stored in the gallbladder, and lack of support shows up in your back. Our bodies give us clues to how we have been thinking, feeling, and acting. Dr. Cal specializes in interpreting these clues, ignites your inner healer, and guides you step-by-step to continuous, positive, and lasting health changes. When you change your mind, you change your life. Get in your driver's seat today. Visit AskDrKel.com. That's A-S-K-D-R-K-E-L.com. I'm Dr. Pat Basile, the host of The Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Let me help you take your empowering message to a community of people looking for products and services that value all life on earth and tap into the one true freedom we have, the freedom to choose. Let our listeners choose you. Join the buzz and be the buzz. Sponsor the Dr. Pat Show. Call me at 206-523-5522. That's 206-523-5522. Invest in your life. Indigo Fusion Spa and Gallery. Offering regular meditation classes, spiritually conscious art, holistic healing services, and classes in spiritual development and holistic wellness. This unique spa is located in Seattle's University District. For more information, visit us online at www.indigofusionsg.com. That's indigofusionsg.com. Did you know Greek Gods Yogurt fat content is extremely healthy? The bacteria present in Greek Gods Yogurt loves fat. During the fermentation process, the probiotic bacteria predigest the fats for us, converting them into a very good source of fat. This type of fat is in the form of healthy short-chain fatty acids, and they are necessary not just for overall health, but also for weight loss and fast metabolism. For more information, visit GreekGodsYogurt.com and analuke.com Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And, uh, wow, phones were just crazy off the hook. Uh, and I, we want to tell you how you can get your own copy of this book. Uh, Kristen Swenson joining us here today. Kristen, can we take a minute and make sure everybody's got your website? But uh, where can people get a copy of the book, uh, Bible Babble? It should be available in all the normal places. Great. Um, you can get it online. You should also be able to get it in your old bricks-and-mortar store. And if they don't have it, please mm-hmm. do ask them to get it. Okay. Um, I'm a big fan of the independent bookstore. If yes. you've got one in town, yeah. please go there. You know, But I also I, I think it's great that we've got these other options, the big guys. So I agree. It should be available at any of those places. Yeah. And how and about your website? Uh, my website is www.kristenswenson.com. Um, so okay. it's just my name, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-S-W-E-N-S-O-N. 
Okay. And then the other thing that you could do is you can all go to drpatlive.com or the drpatshow.com, and we've got links on our website um, to Kristen's uh, uh, website and much more. And also there's a, a Bible Babble blog that's kind of interesting as well. Uh, Valerie asked a very good question during the break, and I, I want to get to that as well as the conversation about Satan. Um, yeah. Because there's this idea of good versus evil, yeah. and there's this idea of Old Testament, New Testament, and there seems to be these these contrasting images in the Bible and in the lessons and in the teaching. Uh, if you're not if you're one, you're not the other, so to speak. It's mm. it seems very black and white in a way. Yeah. And I wanted to find out from you, first of all, what did you discover about uh, the Old and the New Testament? But more importantly, what did you discover about symbolism? Yeah, yeah. Boy, symbols are incredibly powerful. And I know. Some argue, yeah, some argue that that is the, those are the foundational pieces of any religion. Mm. Is that religion is itself a system of symbols. Mm. We talked a little bit, or you mentioned Satan, a mm-hmm. really interesting... Because um, that's what you figure. call Satan in the book. You don't like say the devil, you say like Satan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had a and hard time saying it. a little it. bit of time talking about the different names that this um, personification of evil ends mm-hmm. up going by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we do a little bit of the devil and Beelzebub, <laughs> and so we've and Lucifer, really interesting word. Yeah, but right. Word, yeah, but the word Satan itself actually is interesting in bridging for your question dealing with the Old Testament, New Testament. The word itself is a Hebrew word. And in Hebrew, there is no distinction between capital and lowercase letters. So you uh-huh. can kind of figure that out as you go along as a translator, whether you are to capitalize or not a word. And we know that there's a word that is used sometimes actually as a verb, and it is um, spelled in Hebrew, we can transliterate, in a way that looks like our English word Satan, or the proper name. But it first appears as a regular general noun, and it also works as as a verb, meaning like an adversary, someone who is opposed to, who challenges. Some have described the Satan, is the way we can pronounce it in Hebrew. The Satan, as appears at the beginning of the book of Job, which is in the Old Testament, is like a prosecuting attorney, one who sort of challenges. There are there are characters that are clearly on the side of God in the Bible that are sometimes described as Satan. So we know that that word didn't mean the personification of evil, Satan with a capital S, in its origins, that it has come to mean later. So we think, actually, that there was a period of time in the ancient Israelite tradition out of which these biblical texts come, when the people were exposed to ideas, probably in Persia, Zoroastrian ideas, of the very clear distinction between good and evil, this religious dualism, that God is on the side of good, and then there is another being then mm-hmm. that's kind of the opposite, who is representational of evil. And that's what we've inherited, right, in our time, we think in those terms. Mm. But there are biblical texts in which we see um, earlier biblical texts that don't have that clear dualism. Mm-hmm. For instance, um, there's a text in Isaiah that's really quite astounding for its radical monotheism. That is, yeah. the that there's only one God. Right. And that describes God as having created both good and evil. Because if you've only got one God, then that God has to be responsible for everything. But that's a problem when you want that God to be good, right? So you've got to have an alternative, which can be bad. And Satan develops out of, we think, this kind of 
um, rise in dualistic thinking mm. as a personification of evil that we run into then in the New Testament with a um, properly with a capital S as the personification of evil. Interesting. So the same really applies then for heaven and hell. Yeah, heaven and hell also seem to be ideas that developed over time. I have a really unique, and I want the the reason I bring up heaven and hell is because I shared with you during the break a very unique sort of religious upbringing with Mm -hmm. an Italian Catholic family and a a Southern Baptist stepmom, and that exposure down in Virginia. And yeah, and we would go down there and we'd go to Southern Baptist Church in a town that had a hundred people. The church was the biggest building in the town, Mm -hmm. and you know we would do that and after church my my stepmom would always my mom would always say she'd say to me she'd say girls honey i want to tell you all something hell is right here on earth none of us understood Uh, that and that's uh, why i'm asking you the symbolism of heaven and hell yeah yeah i'm so glad you're bringing up these questions because these are the things that is about satan and heaven and hell that I'm working on for my next book. Yay! <laughs> have to do with, yeah, having to do specifically with supernatural mm. beings. We're fascinated by it now, I'm, but we are pop really culture. I'm interested myself. Yeah, yeah. Our culture is fascinated Yeah, we are fascinated by it. By right, it. As, we, mm-hmm. as we search out, as you were dis- discussing a little bit earlier, this sort of um, rise in spirituality. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's, it's intriguing for us and something we hunger for, mm-hmm. our, I think, quest for meaning. So I have to ask you this question along these same lines, because I know we only have a few minutes. Avatar, immensely popular, highly spiritual, metaphysical. Some people say beyond the edge of Mm woo-woo. Popular, accepted, and beyond. How does one explain that? What did you say? How does one explain that? Yeah, yeah. People, we're hungry for it. We're mm. hungry for this meaning. We're hungry for purpose and beauty and truth. And and I think sometimes for simplicity. And the the people that um, that the army fellow ran into, the mm-hmm. avatar yeah. characters, were, represented those things. Mm. I also, it, it also had a powerful environmental message. Huge. Yeah, Which you address in the book as well. Yeah, a bit. I think, and again, that's the way I kind of got hooked into studying <laughs> to the degree that I ended up um, studying, especially the Hebrew Bible, is that um, way in which the biblical texts inform powerfully the ways that we think about how to be in the world. And um, what I've come to discover is that we still have to mm. um, apply our humanity to our interpretation. Mm. That we can't simply um, take a text and plop it down as though that's all said and done. But we need to apply our own humanity with some humility and also as much intelligence as we can muster to our interpretation of those texts as we think about how to apply them for our lives and, and to the world around us. Wow. I have one last question as we wrap up, and I want to thank you for joining us here today. And I hope you will you. you will come back. Uh, on the Dr. Pat Thank show. You. I'd love to. Here's the question. What is your greatest unanswered question in all the studies <laughs> you've had? And I'm not even uh, asking you to answer it because I've got about a minute left, but I'm curious yeah. to know yeah, what is yeah. your greatest unanswered question? Well, I would love someday to meet whoever, maybe it's an individual, maybe it's a group responsible for gathering, assembling, and finalizing the biblical texts that we have 
Those mm. folks who were responsible for the Old Testament or Hebrew Bible, yeah. and then those folks who were responsible for the New Testament. I'd love to sit down and ask them, you know, really, why this and why that? And why um, merge in the ways that you did? We think that the Pentateuch, the first five books, are are a collection of different documents, if you will, that were woven together mm-hmm. at a kind of later point in time. So I'd love to know, be able to talk about with the folks who were responsible for the final form of the Bible. Really yeah. cool. Very cool. And then I hope when you come back, I would love to do a show on the book of Revelations. It was mm, the first part of the fun. Bible. Well, I, it was the first part of the Bible that I read. Yeah. And contrary to Catholic studies. <laughs> <laughs> I went right to the book of Revelations, sure. but I'd love to have you back so we could talk about it, especially in context of 2012. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Dr. Pat. It's been a real pleasure. Well, we got to get her back. Valerie's like, yeah, Kristen Swenson, everybody. The book is called Bible Babble. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat show. Tides that I tried to swim again. 